So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. I did it. I just did it. I hit record. Good job. Uh, I hit record. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, welcome to Feature Creep. Colon. <gasps> Built-in microwave. Semicolon. Polarizing your lawn sign. Yeah. Or polarizing the, your lawn sign. Polarizing or, the lawn sign. Or yeah, polarizing the lawn sign. It's In actually. Which case it would be singular. It's actually a line. A lawn sign. Polarizing a lawn sign. I don't know. Oh no, I feel strongly it need to be polarizing the lawn sign. I think it is okay. the lawn sign. Yeah. yeah. I do okay. agree with you. I strongly agree sign. with you. Yeah. Aggressively polarizing so. Polarizing the lawn sign. Singular. Singular. Yep. Mm-hmm. So um my favorite polarizing lawn sign so far is the one that you designed for me, Ned, that says um Polish Catholics for on demand abortion. Yes. Oh, oh I forgot and in about this that. neighborhood it like would honor your past. I know. That's pretty great. I think I think that one so how we got onto this topic was that my neighbor is moving. Yeah. And some other friends of ours, not the immediate next door neighbor, but some friends of ours who are also neighbors a few blocks away, said that when they noticed their neighbor's house up for sale in the way that my neighbor's house is up for sale, um, one of the two people in this couple moved all of their most polarizing lawn signs over to the side of the yard that had the house for sale. Nice. So that anyone coming to view the house and do a showing would be confronted with a barrage of like very specific political lawn signs. Right. Um, probably if you listen to this podcast, you would be fans of them and not offended by them. Just, just a hunch. But, right. Um, in my case, I want like really polarizing lawn signs so that the people who end up buying the house next door to me either, uh, well, hopefully they totally love me. Um, and if they don't like the lawn signs, hopefully they don't put in a, a bid, a bid on the house. Sure. Um, we're running short on time because today is the 10th, which means that house officially is listed and on the internet with photos as of today. So they're going to start doing showings like this week or next week, I think. And then. I'm going to have new neighbors soon and I already am dreading who they're going to be and the argument that I'm going to get in with them over the placement of their trash cans several feet from my back fucking door. Right. Uh, Yes. Which you wouldn't think would be a problem, but now I've had two sets of neighbors who are like, well, we keep our trash cans clean. And I'm like, then put them by your fucking back door. Right. (laughs) I actually observed a conversation uh, uh, with the neighbors about the trash can and well, this home was being lived in by someone else. totally obstinate. I actually found it very amusing. I've never had a conversation with neighbors about the location of our trash cans. Oh my god, it was it was an entirely new experience for me. Really? Yeah, I've I've never. I was like, this seems like a big deal, but like it's not. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, it is to you because you live here. But well, yeah. It's as like, an outsider, I was like, this it's is not a big deal. Oh, okay. It's to- I mean, to me, like it, it's a big deal to me because for the f- I moved into this house in 2013. And it yeah. is now 2021. And the entire eight years that I've been here, 
those motherfucking trash cans have been five feet from my patio and actually 10 feet from my back door of my house. Like, not being hyperbolic, not estimating here, 10 linear fucking feet from the back door of my house and five linear feet from the patio. Like, and the wind, these are my neighbors to the west, and the wind in Minnesota usually comes from west to east because it does across the entire fucking continent and the whole globe. That's why it's called prevailing winds. Right. And so the prevailing winds... Also why the poor poorer part of most all cities in the u.s is the eastern part of towns the east side oh. well many many cities that that developed right. in the industrial age or right. or yeah. one one would say wherever the prevailing winds the the leeward <laughs> side of the of the city right like right. it's kind right. of the yeah yes exactly. but we interrupted your rant no about prevailing I mean, winds. so yeah like these prevailing winds mean that like if their gar- if their garbage can is slightly cracked open if it's really hot outside like the the stinky trash can season coincides with the i'm spending all my time on my patio season and like right um so it's like can you just fucking there's a, one of life's life's cruel twists of fate yes Yes. And so, like, I need to convince the new neighbors, like, as soon as Tom is out of the house, I am going to sneak into his yard and rearrange a bunch of shit. I'm moving Mm. the trash cans. I'm stealing the pile of bricks next to the garage that have been there for, (laughs) like, the eight years that I've lived here and that actually don't belong to Tom at all. They belong to whoever lived there before and whoever lived there before them. And, uh, well, I mean, I know who lived there before Tom, but I don't know who lived there before them. Mm. And anyway, there's this pile of bricks and like weird shit and our garages are super close together. So that space has got to be cleaned out. There's all these overgrown like ferns and shit. There's so many things. So I'm going to go like full gorilla redo as soon as he like leaves the house space. And like one of my primary concerns is moving those fucking trash cans. Move the goddamn trash cans. There's a polarizing sign for you. Yes. Move the goddamn trash cans. Oh, thank you. I'm writing it down. I mean, the, the more, the more, uh, I don't know, gentle approach is to go build like a little gra, gra, a trash can, yep. like corral and like carefully calligraphically paint a little sign. Yep. Like, trash cans go here. Yes. Oh. I was, th- that's what Damon and I said. We were like, we've got to like, we either need to get some patio pavers and like yeah. set them up. Right, right. With, like, the whole idea is, Wherever we want them to live is where we will position them. Yes. And then whoever moves in next will just be like, I guess this is, this is where, where the they trash go. lives. Right. right. Which is literally what Tom did when he moved in, when Georgiana used to keep her trash and shit next to my back door. And they had kids and like diapers and like all kinds of shit. And it was horrible. Mm. Like they were the worst neighbors ever because they had these fucking stinky ass trash cans five feet from my place. And then on top of that, they had like Christina's or not Christina. Christina lived in my house. Uh, Georgiana's husband Ruben had all these like guy friends who were like the embodiment of that like le- Latino machismo stuff and so they would come and like cat call me in my own backyard so I'm that's like that's not cool nope so no, I'm sitting there getting cool. like fucking yelled at and breathing in somebody else's shitty diapers all summer long all fucking summer and so when Tom moves in he just like adopted the placement of the trash cans and I'm like literally they are a million like miles away from your back door so you have to right. haul your trash all the way out the door across the yard across the driveway and into my yard essentially mm-hmm. to put your trash out and I'm like what the fuck and I specifically said to Tom like we need to move those trash cans before the new people move in because I don't want to live next to your trash cans anymore he's like well what do you mean and I was like they stink Tom like I don't want to live next door to somebody else's garbage yeah word like, how did you not, how did this not occur to you, dude? 
So anyway, I definitely need to do something about I, this before the new people. And we need to set expectations around those garbage cans. Living. What if you just put the polarizing lawn signs in the physical spot where the trash cans are? So the trash cans can't be there because they're full of polarizing lawn signs. That's a brilliant idea. Mm. You need to. Well, I'm um, here. <laughs> my work is done. <laughs> my work is done. Um, Lauren, thank you. You're free to go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So here's some, I was just going back through our mutual discussion around polarizing yes. lawn signs. And uh, didn't you, you had uh, surf Nazis must die or just Nazis die Nazi scum. Yeah. Um, I was looking at, man, C squad, C squad, like C squad, mm, C squad. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I like the, I really particularly like the one about like die Nazi scum. Yeah. Because if I put that on the fence between our houses and oriented it towards Tom's house, anyone who went to view the house would see this. Like, I was thinking of painting it on like a bed sheet. Yes. And then just hanging it on the cha- this giant chain link fence between our houses. Uh huh. And uh, like anyone who came by would be like, why is there a huge right. sign <laughs> pointing at this house that says die Nazi Scott? They're like, God, do, do we really want to buy a Nazi's house? I feel like right? this might possibly backfire uh-huh. on you, though. I know. That's what yeah. I was thinking. I was like, what if it backfires and like only Nazis are only like, whoa, Nazi- no, right? we can own a Nazi house. Right. This is oh. a Nazi house. Right. You, it could have the it could have quite the opposite of intended effect. Oh, 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 you could. Well, this might be going too far. I was going to say you could paint on the trash cans. This machine kills fascists. Ooh, that's excellent. I mean, yeah. that's always appropriate. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I also went the route of like ineffective lawn signs, like like polarizing things that nobody cares about. Like string cheese like is this. only good <gasps> if eaten string one string at a time. Yeah. Well time. strung. Well strung. There we go. I yeah. Well. On that topic, I don't see how that LaCroix that's, is delicious. I don't mm-hmm. see how that's polarizing. I mean, I think that's just a fact. There's only I mean, one way to ever, eat string cheese. Have you watched people who just bite into it? Yeah, they're it's not, like you, that's they're not no people. String. What's yeah, no, I mean just they're what's not the people? Point? Is that what you're saying? They're, yes, right, what's the point? I yeah, agree. My goal here yeah. is to dehumanize people who eat string cheese incorrectly. Yes. 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 I mean, like, science backs you up. Like it literally tastes better if you string, string it, it, right? Yeah, because of like the way the proteins align and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not to mention you get that minor layer of oxidation, which is exactly yes, what you want yes. to like. Yeah, yeah. I I see all those lawn signs around lately that are like, in this house, we believe love is love, and the world is not the way that it is. Whatever. I'm summarizing, right? Yes, sure. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about though? Those ones that are like, yeah. love is love, just yeah. something is something, blah blah blah. I don't even remember all of them because they're kind of like fluffy. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I want one of those, but instead of like in this house we believe like in this house we believe string cheese is eaten one string at a time. Uh like I don't know something abs- like the absurdest version of that like, right social it's only justice good if eaten. right yeah. yeah um in this household we believe I don't know bubbly water is delicious yeah. like because some people don't like bubbly water right those people are no fun baths we believe that water oh baths are better than showers yeah baths yeah. are superior to showers baths yeah. baths are superior. It's not a debate about I mean, whether bathing is important. It's just a debate right, about right. the method of. Yes. If you want to, if you want to go for a little cognitive distance, you could throw in Uber just to like, if you have die Nazi scum <gasps> yes. and then in this house, we believe baths, Uber showers or something yes. like that. Yeah. 
Um, that's some solid above thinking right there. Yeah. Above thinking is something we're really good at. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. oh, do you want, I mean, as long as we're on the absurdist thing, do you yeah. want like some sort of absurdist color thing? Yeah. Like, uh, always, I, always. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know, like green you don't want to just use the same format of better than something else but like oh well i mean there's uh yeah well sure but you could still say like you know blue is better than red oh how about this like if you're trying to do this like we believe in the world kind of thing we're like we believe in acknowledging that magenta doesn't exist Ah! sure yeah um how about sorry, just, this isn't actually helping how about just like non-specific sort of like cutting remarks like your position is cowardly Ooh, i like that I like that i had this um <laughs> when i was a kid and i'm gonna admit to some crimes here um it has the statute of limitations run out uh yeah definitely in california Great. well especially okay. on the issue of um so when i was a kid or when I was in high school, I had a tobacco water pipe. Um, some people call them bongs or whatever, but you know, like you could get them at those tobacco shops where you would, yeah. you know, buy your tobacco right. when I was mm-hmm. 18. Yeah. And I was smoking a lot of tobacco. And, right. um, and I had this sticker. We, so I got this sticker that said, mean people suck. Yep. Uh, yes. I, I know that sticker. Yeah. And I had that I like sticker that on my, um, on my tobacco water pipe. And, uh, I remember at some point (laughs) an older person that I knew, like, you know, like my parents age who, uh, I was interacting with was like, he had strong opinions about it. He was like, well, that's a really bold statement. Like, are you sure that's something you just want to be putting out there? He had like, I can't remember his exact (laughs) argument, but he really like thinking back. I'm like, man, he was really over. He was really above thinking that sticker. Um, you know, like for for someone who's like 18 and doesn't give a fuck and is like just trying to like yeah. get to the next day. Um, it just the, the amount of like baggage that he tried to lay on me about that sticker was kind of hilarious. Really? Um, yeah. When I think about oh, it. Adults in, do that all the time. Yeah. When I think about it they in think hindsight. They're being clever or like. Yeah. Clever. Like somehow ah. profound. And I remember just thinking like, uh, I mean, it's. Mean people suck is sort of a logical tautology, right? Like it's a little bit like it is. You can tell because of the way it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not. It is. Yeah. You know, if you're just kind of willing to accept that suck is a similar way of saying you're mean, like, right. or I don't like you, or you. Yeah, you know, it's it's just like saying mean people are mean, or yeah. long cat is long. Long cat is long. Exactly. Long cat is long. Water is wet. Water, Water is, wet. is wet. It's the wettest. <laughs> It is, isn't it? Uber, oh, uber, weird. uber wet. Uber, uber wet. wet. There's a polarizing lawn sign for you. Oh, moist is, uh, water is uber wet. Yeah. Just moist. Just moist. Just I was going to say just moist. moist. Just moist. Just the word moist. on a sign. Um, yeah, I like stuff that's like, I, I think I like lawn signs that are not how i think i broke my toe earlier also oh excellent uh, i just tried to move wait it is that it, a like, polarizing lawn sign no. i think i broke my toe earlier i think i broke my okay. toe earlier i was like that might be more absurd even than i get <laughs> <laughs> it's like what is that supposed to be what is that D- supposed deeply to be? inside joke 
<laughs> do you need help? Does long, someone in here need help? <laughs> long listeners of our podcast will get that about the broken toe joke, but the rest of you will just have to like either go back and listen to the catalog. Everything. That'd be so mean. Just to be like, yes. like someday someone's going to listen to this podcast and be like, wait, was he serious? Is there really a joke? They're like, like I need to know this. I need um, to know. No. There, maybe someday they'll no teach like, they'll teach like studies of our podcast in the history of like podcast history or something. They'll be like, maybe. these people were completely divergent. I yeah. think the word you're looking for is annals of time. The annals. annals of time. I think it's annals. Annals, <laughs> annals of, time. of time. In my time, annals. It's asexual <laughs> and anal. Anals. Asexual, right? Yeah, not asexual. anal, but the anals. The anals. Anthony. The anals. Yeah. Um, Anthony. I like I like lawn signs. <laughs> um, here's a polarizing lawn sign. Sure. I might have mentioned this on the on one of our previous podcasts um, during election season, like half a year ago. Um, there was a lawn sign on Johnson Street near my house, which is a main through street in Northeast Minneapolis, and the person who put the lawn sign out featured a design for Joe Biden's presidential campaign that was a like a robin's egg blue background mm-hmm. and then just a pair of aviator sunglasses reflecting an American flag. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. That's- this is all the energy we're putting into this, right? Like mm-hmm. this, this historic fucking election and all of the obnoxious trash that came along with it and the the amount of energy that we're willing to put into defeating Donald <laughs> Trump is just a digitized photograph of a pair of <laughs> aviator sunglasses uh-huh. reflecting an American flag. I was so pissed about that. I wanted to go up to that house and be like, you fucking liberal swine. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you with this stupid propaganda? Like, way to reduce all of the problems we have right now to a fucking image of sunglasses. Like, why not his big fake fucking teeth? Right. Oh, I thought you were going to say... Why not a finger gun? <laughs> I thought you were going to go up to them and be like, uh, have you read letters from a Birmingham jail? Oh my God. Right? I, Fuck. Like, yeah, I don't... I, I have... I, I'm, I struggle to like process where where we've gone politically in this country because i we're at the bottom of the garbage disposal we are the stuff that gets stuck to the sides of the garbage disposal that blades don't even reach anymore i mean i thought it was just sum up by late stage capitalism it's that's it that's where we are we're in late stage capitalism yeah but i'm sorry you had something more insightful i was so i had to say i had tried to um i play i i have a group of people that i play dungeons and dragons with uh, several groups apparently because you know, COVID and that's all we do. Right. Um, and in one of the group chats, uh, there's somebody who there's actually two people who generally they just try to say inflammatory shit. Um, and on purpose, all on the time. purpose all the time. Like they're always trying to test the water. Right. And I mean, there's a not very inflammatory sign. People who say inflammatory shit are trash are trash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it, and it's funny because it's like everyone in the group besides them are very well educated in terms of social like socially forward thinking right i'm not saying they're educated in the sense that everyone's gone to college they're just everyone makes a point of being like very socially aware and interested in the well-being of others and um and so 
they're constantly like trying to attack that and most of us just like ignore it because they're their friends the re- the reason they're in the group is they're kind of childhood friends with somebody and uh, that's they're more than welcome to be there um yeah but their inflammatory shit is like inflammatory but they somebody had like posted something and i and he was kind of like poking the bear a little bit about it i don't remember what it was but i had kind of like made a turn of phrase about it just to kind of like have a little stick battle with them for a second, but I didn't really want to get engaged and I, I, I shouldn't have taken the bait, but I just oh, was no! like, I'd made kind of a joke. And then his response was like, like rather, cause he was kind of trying to make like these witty, like, Oh, you liberals this or whatever that. And, and trying to like, you know, catch us out in our own logic or whatever. And so I just kind of like played it a little bit and like made a little turn of phrase and his response was like essentially the equivalent of no, no, I'm not. You are. And, oh, nice. um, and so was it I, about tolerance. Cause that's the one I love. Like, yeah. Well, you're so what intolerant. I, what I had said, intolerance. Yeah. What I had said was, um, what had happened was, um, <laughs> but what I should have said, <laughs> what um, I should have said was, yeah. But what I did say was I had said, um, he'd said something that was like, basically, people instead of men and i was like got it like trans inclusive language that's great like we're on the same page um and (laughs) and then his his thing was that i'm the fool who's wearing blinders because if you use the term people then trans inclusive trans inclusive language is already implied and the logic just fell apart really quickly i was like like he was saying that i was the one who was saying what he was saying and anyway i lost track of it and i just kind of let it go but um i was like i just got to disengage like i couldn't i couldn't follow his his weird twisted thing where are we going with this (laughs) yeah so well speaking of where are we going with this i feel like i had a point oh the the thing is like i don't understand um like politically I don't understand how we've gotten to this point where like that lawn sign with just the like sunglasses and the fucking the aviators and the fucking American flag. It's that is like, that's the same shit that they did with Trump. Like that's the same, like it's just become a fucking MAGA hat, except it's sunglasses with a flag. Yeah. And it's just become this thing where it's like, we don't have any way to discuss politics in a way that's like rational or safe or, um, removed from identity or, yep. mm-hmm. um, you know, or even focused on the fucking people that it's actually going to benefit or not benefit. Like but most of the shit, yeah. like most of the shit this guy was saying, I'm like, I don't even understand why you care. Like none of right. this affects, affects anything you about you at all. Right. And you're just mad and want to piss us off. And I don't know why you spend that much time trying to aggravate the people who, as far as I can tell, are your basically some of your only friends. Like you spend most right. of your time revolved around this game. Um, I know because the chat goes on all week and the discussion is either the game or whatever other interactions they're having with the group of friends. And I'm uh-huh. like, why do you, why do you spend that much time trying to alienate the people who are the only ones, as far as I can tell, who are accepting of you? Right. But anyway, I don't know. I I mean, I, we could answer that, but yeah, like, sure. I mean, I it's also more interesting yeah. as a like, why would you do this? It makes no sense. I got into a really funny conversation with a friend of mine the other day, Dan, who you know, because yeah. we went out to dinner with him. Um, I don't know if you've met Dan. I doubt it. I've noticed okay. you're using a lot of personal names and private information on this particular recording. Am I? Well, you mentioned neighbor names and. I, neighbor it's Tom. fine yeah yeah it's fine i just want to yeah. make sure we're aware of it um oh yeah Na- yeah, yeah. Neighbor okay. tom uh 
my my buddy Dan lives a few blocks away, and I was having a conversation yes, with him yeah, so a couple going, of days yeah. ago about like the the differences between. Well, I think the conversation was couched in from an angle that wasn't necessarily the best angle to have the conversation from. But anyway, the point of it was that Dan and I, he tried to, Dan, I think, thinks about a lot of stuff, but spends a lot of his time online talking with people. And so when you actually are in person with him, he's got lots of stuff stored up that he really wants to talk to somebody about in real life. Mm, and yeah. you're very unprepared because he's been rehearsing all of this. Right. And then he bombards you with it. And you're like, ah, not only do I not have a formulated opinion on the right. random topic that you are like going off about right now, uh, I also disagree with you on several points up front, I think, but I don't have anything to back up where I'm yeah. coming from because I haven't done any research and you apparently have, even though I disagree with some of the conclusions that you're drawing from it and so you mm -hmm. never really have a leg to stand on with him because you're never sure what he's going to bring up that's been chewing on him sure or that he's been chewing on for weeks but we got into this conversation where like i knew that he was out of his depth because it's a conversation about biology and evolution and i was mm -hmm. like i know that i know more about this than you do for sure sure but the context of it had to do with foods and farming practices and how much the nutritional value of food is impacted by the way that you grow it. And the answer is a fuck ton. ton. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and really the, the argument he wanted to have with me that I was unwilling to engage with is that organic food is no better for you than other standard farmed food. And I was like, that's not necessarily true. And also we need to consider the farming practices. So industrial agriculture, whether it's organic or, or not, not, is the problem. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a huge, like, that's a hugely that's the problem, unqualified not whether it's statement. organic or not. Right. Yeah. And so I tried to steer the yeah. conversation into that area where I was like, listen, intense industrial agriculture diminishes the value of food yeah. and it lowers the biological diversity in the soil and surrounding areas. It's really, really bad. It drags everything down with it. Industrial organic uh, uh, agriculture is just the same. Right. It's the industrial point of it, not the other parts of it that are mm -hmm. the problem. And so I tried to kind of like steer us in that direction, but he did not want to go there. He right. just wanted to complain about people who are too dumb to realize that organic is no better than anything else. And I'm yeah. like, you're on a this is a red herring yeah this exactly. is a false argument here like yeah. you're not actually arguing something that is is that a straw man you argument be, you could be making a better straw point man. it's a straw man argument yeah, yeah. and yeah. i was like you're getting upset about something that isn't really the problem here the problem is the the format of the agriculture not necessarily although something like if you dump a bunch of shit on uh, you know, like if you use pesticides and fungicides you're going to negatively impact the nutritional value of the food period period end of story that's the deal and like we just could not get there and so i had to like i just let him have his his like strong opinion on something that he doesn't even like i don't know why he cares he eats out all the time it's not like he's buying his own right. food and making it and so it's like right. well you don't know where any of your food is coming from anyway so right. i don't know why you're arguing over semantics i mean i feel like there's a, often a similar argument around gmo like mm -hmm. genetically genetic, genetically modified organisms right like, like especially in farming because it's like people are like oh well it's terrible how uh, you know uh, farmers can get sued for growing a variety of corn that they didn't pay for and it's like well the issue isn't that it's genetically modified right the issue is is like the large-scale yeah the, and the, the financial structures of, of right. seed companies right. right or the way farmers are like stretched you mean past where, any real profitability where where capitalism butts up against any human endeavor Yes. I mean, yes. 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 Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Right. Exactly. 
Yeah. Um, so like, yes, you're you're laying the blame. It sort of it feels like the wrong thing. Well, yeah. And the funny thing is, is like growing something organically is not something that you have to take extra steps to do. Growing something organically is growing a thing with the absence of all of the industrial shit we've developed over the 20th century to make farming an industrial scale. If you just go out and put something in the dirt and you don't put pesticides or fungicides on it and that land has not been pre-treated with those things, then by by omission, sure, you are in the default state growing something organically. There, you don't have to do anything to something to make it organic that isn't already. You have right. it is the absence of additional processes that render it organic or non-organic. It's not using chemical agricultural pesticides. It's not using fungicides. It's like if you want to talk about the best way to grow shit, biodynamic and no-till yeah. is the best way to grow anything. And those you don't even have to go out of your way to say that those things are organic because they were to begin with. Right. I mean, I think I think where people sometimes run in to like uh, a feel a need to argue with you is that yeah. like well my lived ex- like whatever my relative is a farmer and uh-huh. i know that they have to jump through all these hoops to do organic and right. it's like well but like again like that's because of the system that they are operating within right because Be- they are trying to produce on a scale that like we need help to produce at right and so like if you're trying to produce large quantities with high yields well then you need to be removing weeds or other things that would be consuming the resources your plants would and if that's more than one person can do well then we're looking at equipment or pesticides or fungicides or like we're trying to shortcuts shortcuts right um and so like that to me again like the blame lies at the feet of the system totally like well why is it that that farmer can't make a living unless they produce at this huge scale right? yeah I mean, unless they grow only one thing for like acres and acres right. and acres, Mono, acres. yeah monocrops is exactly and, and we and there's you know there's so many i think food is such a huge cornerstone of our society that doesn't get addressed because there's so many issues with it's like the solution isn't also hey everybody needs to go to like you were saying there's an economic issue of like individual farmers not being able to make it sustainable to grow food that way there's also the issue of like feeding the masses which i'm not saying that that's that's the problem like that that's getting in the way necessarily but that is a fact like a compounding factor yeah um in in so many ways i mean like it's like this should be if if I know a lot of people decided to put in a garden after COVID or during COVID because yeah. whenever and like everybody decided now is the time to learn how to make sourdough bread. Right. Anyway, if mm-hmm. you grow your own food and yeah. you make your own bread and you do all of these things, it what what will occur to you very quickly while you're get, <clears throat> getting your like beds ready and your pots for potting things and all the stuff and you and your kids are there with like okay put the little seed in the hole now cover it up what you realize very quickly is like motherfucker it takes three goddamn months to grow a single motherfucking tomato it's a lot of work this is not something that you can do easily this is why people used to do subsistence farming because you would grow as much food as you needed and you didn't have another job because your whole existence was about creating enough food so that you can stay alive to create more food right right like that's the whole deal and so if we're talking about I think what this really reflects upon is that we've decided that it's really important for people to have specific foods all the time. And in order to provide the volume of food that we need to provide to people all of the time and like a huge problem 
within this problem is growing food to feed to animals to get one animal to slaughter when you the food that you're feeding them could feed thousands right. of people. Um, so like you're concentrating all of these nutrients, you're concentrating all of this energy, essentially solar energy in, in all of this photosynthesis that goes into feeding people or feeding animals. And then you eat the animals and all of that energy is a massive input. Like it is so much energy. The only way to do it is to essentially industrialize it. So you're not doing all of these different little putsy steps one at a time you're doing all of the things all at once and then you do all of this other thing all at once and then all of a sudden all of these people get fed but this is not the way that things normally fit together in like a biological system and so what you have to do is create a bubble in which the activities and the results of those activities make sense for people but that bubble is separated from the rest of how the world works and so there's a tension there like if your only goal is to grow a bunch of corn that can be turned into feed for animals and turned into fuel for cars and turned corn into syrup. corn syrup for other foods to sweeten them because the food tastes terrible because all the nutrients are gone and it's hyper processed and doesn't even taste like food anymore. Like that's a fucking problem. It has consequences, but they're usually in places and happening to people and animals and organisms and environments that we are kept out of sight of because well, I was going to say that countless that matter less. Yeah, that like matter the less. The system too. has decided these. Right, it's okay to they, impact these the, organisms, right? And so the whole thing is trash. Like it's, we are basically on a timeline that is really, really short, but longer than what people pay attention to in an average lifespan. So, in other words, we have set in motion forces that are from start to finish impactful in ways that are really negative for humans, but we haven't gotten far enough into that timeline to see how absolutely immediately detrimental it is. We're still coasting. We're like the wily e. coyote that has run off the cliff and not realized yet that there's nothing but air below us. And the second we look down, we're going to plummet. Like, I mean, I think that's your winning lawn polarizing lawn sign. Just yeah. Everything you just said. All yes. Of that yes. On it's one. a huge giant yes. billboard uh -huh. yeah. in the yard. And then yes. you need to do... Or just do them like Burma shave. Just split them up. Oh. So like you just have one and then the other. Like so you have to walk all the way around yeah. the yard to get the whole message. And then, and then process all of that into um, a word cloud for a second sign next to it. Mm. Just to add in like the level of... Um, Is the word cloud... That's oh, where no, like... Sorry. It's where yeah. like each word is weighted by how many times yes, it's yes. used. And then yes. so and it's it's like it's almost useless from a information point of view, but it looks interesting. Right. Um, <laughs> right. It is kind of pointless. You know, it's kind of like, you know, why don't we go a little one level lower and just do by letter and then you can just have a big E in the center of everything. A big e. um, it's a big old E, a big yeah. old F. Yeah, big old F. <laughs> um, how about a lawn sign that just says stop having kids? Right. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. You have too I many mean, children. <laughs> I don't like my limited understanding and I feel like I there's definitely room you know strongly held uh, or uh, strongly felt strong loosely beliefs. held yeah. strong yeah. beliefs loosely held my strong yeah. belief that is very loosely held is that actually like how many kids each individual person has is not really the issue yeah that like so much of the environmental movement has been 
paid, like corporations yes. have paid to shape it as one of personal responsibility yes. and decision. Yes. Where it's like, don't you, I think actually the size of these agricultural farms has a far bigger impact than whether yes. or not I have four or zero kids. Yes. I think you're right about that. I mean, you're right. Stuff does add together. But I'm just like, annoyed by children. Yes, that's fair. Yeah, this um, is this is a personal, this has nothing to do with the environment. Shifting away. Oh, right. then how about, this yeah, is a personal vendetta. Children are trash. Children are trash. <laughs> And I mean, then I a think sign that right really next to it that could be like, the house. burn your trash. Children are trash. Yeah. Burn your trash. thing. I mean, I do feel like the larger point you made, Meg, is like the same argument that's made of all industrialization. Like, yeah. we recently had an offline conversation about clothing and yep. like the whole process that it takes to make polyester. Well, I mean, anything. Like yeah. first to make a fiber and then to make a fabric and then to make a garment. garment. Like it is... Just an insanely labor-intensive process. Yeah. Um, there's so many resources, human and otherwise, every step of the way, and yet we create, try to create this industrialized bubble where we can produce a garment for $3 or whatever. Right. Which is just, like, anybody who, who has a historical concept of clothing that is, that is literally unfathomable. Yes. Like, like the way clothing has been, the, the place, clothing has held within material culture for almost all of human history is that clothing is basically the most expensive thing that almost everybody owns right. regardless of your status in in, in life right. like even if you were nobility you would have sure you would have more expensive clothes but like if you looked at like the percentage of how your your you know personal investments were distributed mm -hmm. like the percentage of your well-being is still very similarly distributed into clothing at different levels of yes. economic status yes That's and so then now we just have tried to create it so that clothes and food both mm -hmm. cost so much less than they ever used to right and like and it, and the fucked up thing is that they don't cost less than they used to it's just that yes. we've hidden the cost somewhere Correct. down the line where we don't have to see the toll that it takes and the cost is not in dollars it's in environmental and health and other animal people's and animal and human welfare mm -hmm. yeah. and um like the the populations of people who are creating these um plastics that then create the textiles that then are sewn into mm -hmm. clothing are usually at the this clothing point, that are then thrown away that are then thrown away right Two. and don't biodegrade and don't biodegrade because they're made out of plastic those people doing that work are the most economically depressed and politically oppressed people on the face of the planet right because everybody has offshored all of their manufacturing to the cheapest location and in order to have cheap 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 clothes where you can buy a shirt for three dollars you need to take out that cost in some other way and it's taken out in the misery of other people doing the work Mm -hmm. it, it's just I mean and that to me that's the same argument that you're making about food yeah. and food production yes. that like yep. that misery is off yeah off it's offloaded huge like destruction of of huge swaths of the ecosystem and I want to echo a point Ned made earlier like to be clear the solution isn't like you know kind of the the hipster idea of like let's all just pay more for our stuff right because like that also negatively impacts people with less power and less resource like already yep like for all that clothing and food are far cheaper than they ever have been in much of human history that doesn't mean there aren't still many 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 people even in a country as wealthy as the u.s who struggle to be able to afford or have access to, you know, food, particularly mm -hmm. nutritionally dense food. Right. Like that's another issue. Yep. Or like access to, 
to clothing or, or you know, material goods, housing. Same yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it's in, I, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, I think that's one of the frustrating things about, um, a lot of the kind of like quote solutions that come out of the U.S. The problem is, is that even some of our more like our most disadvantaged, poorest people are like incredibly privileged compared to um, how other people live in other countries yeah. in many ways. Like culturally, I'm that is not to diminish a lot of the problems that we have in this country. Um, it's just that it's it's kind of like. It, it always makes me so crazy when someone's like, well, why don't you just do this? And I'm like that, like all the assumptions somebody makes about something where it's like mm -hmm. that, that presupposes that you have access to a car or that you have um, right. access to a job market that might even be able to hire anyone or access to food on any level or, you know, access, or access to, to a life that doesn't uh, take so much energy to survive that you actually have the brain power to like make a plan, yes. a plan for a meal. Right. Yeah. You know, something as simple as like the brain space or, or the wherewithal to navigate a bureaucratic system or something like that. Yep. It's exhausting. Like when I, when I didn't have a car and I was going to school and I was working, like my whole day started at 5.30 in the morning and ended at 11 at night. And I just would go nonstop the whole time. Um, and I... Uh, like I lived off of like 80 bucks a paycheck or something like that, yeah. 80 bucks for every two weeks. And it was rough and it had, there was an end in sight. Like it was all part of a plan that it took me a really long time to organize and get my shit together. But eventually like I ended up where I am now and it's fine. And it was deliberate, even though half of your choices are chance anyway. Um, but that's because I was able to at some point, like have enough energy to actually think about the thing right. and make a plan, make a plan. Yeah. You were also able to believe, to have hope. Yes. Like you had had some sort of life experience that had not robbed you right. of the belief that there was opportunity for you. And it could get better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. yep. There we go. Lawn, polarizing lawn sign. You're only where you are because of luck. Right. Ooh. Yeah. Nothing that's you've so done. True. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, that's the thing that makes me so crazy when I, you know, when I meet people who are like, you know, a little bit a little bit conservative and have amassed a small amount of wealth and are like really adamant that they earned every dollar and it's like oh, yeah, yeah you did within the framework that you were already given right within the that framework that into. guarantees your success and well, when you or look the yeah. luck yeah well that's yeah. what i mean like the luck yeah. it's like it's you know yes like if you lined them up like they might have been less privileged than i was yeah but there's many people behind you that you're shitting on. Like it's the, it's that sort of like, as people climb the ladder, they're just shitting downhill the whole time. And I don't right. under, I'm like, get off the fucking ladder. Get off the goddamn ladder. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Anyway. I no, mean, I mean, I, yeah, you yeah. ask people like, did, you know, has everything that you've done in your life, have you had it guaranteed success? And everyone will be like, well, no, like, Great. Well, then if there was times in your life that you thought you might not succeed or even times that you didn't succeed, mm -hmm. then then luck, then chance, I right. guess you could say, played a role in it. Because if if you were guaranteed success, yep. then there that's the only the only way you can have no chance is if you have a guaranteed outcome. Right. And right. most people, if you, you know, will acknowledge that they had many outcomes that were not guaranteed. And it's like, right. well, then then chance played a role in wherever you are. Right. 
Yeah, like um, but people get mad. That makes people really mad. Pe- people want because people want the moral superiority right. and the absolution of guilt that comes along with saying that you are fully responsible for what you did, and if you could do it, other people do too, and therefore people who don't have what you have, that's their fault, not yours, and you don't have to care. There's and that a, comes th- back. There's oh. a polarizing line lawn sign for you. Yes. There. How do I phrase that? <laughs> I don't know. You did just rewind and play it back. Yeah, <laughs> just put it. This the lawn signs. Nothing. People don't read. We just need a loudspeaker. I was, yeah, I was gonna say let's let's just screw hey, lawn signs. You, yeah, you. Everything you got was by luck. Don't be so arrogant. Uh, so, like, I feel like this. Your point, Meg, ties back to Ned was saying. Like, I don't get why people like. Your story of the people in your D and D group. I don't remember how you phrased it, but sort of like I don't get why people uh uh try to use like a political it, like, try to frame the, a political perspective as like a tool for well the thing about it is that it's like they're having an argument like they're antagonistic right. and and i feel like if their goal was to change minds they would try to engage us in a conversation but instead they're they make antagonistic statements and name calling mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. um but they couch that in terms of like logic right right like the biggest part is like where they're like oh but i've caught you out in a logic you know i've you're by your mm-hmm. own reasoning it means this and at the end of the day i'm like I, like the question that i asked in the end was i said how would you expect to you know based on your position and the language that you're using how would you expect to have a friendship with someone who identified as trans in any way or or bisexual yeah. or any kind of like alternative um state of being that you don't relate to and you purport to say is a pointless thing to exist or whatever yeah or whatever they're saying and um right and I, you know, and they don't have an answer for that. They're like, well, that's, that's dumb. Like, they, that's dumb. That's dumb. Like, no, like that's they're, yeah. you know, like they want to get back into the argument. I'm like, it's not about an argument. Like, right. I don't, you know, I, like, for instance, let's go back to the whole organic food debate. As someone who studied organic chemistry and biochemistry, the term organic to me is frustrating <laughs> because it's, frustrating. Yes. it doesn't mean, like, it doesn't mean if you can eat it and it and you can like even if, if you it's can a carbon eat it, based life form yeah if you eat yeah. it and it has organic components as in the organic atoms chemistry. that require organic chemistry it doesn't matter whether it was synthetic or not or it could be poison right. like right you know right. all of all of the sort of all of the industrial processes that are done are considered organic from a science point of view like that's right. it's the nature of farming is that it's an organic process the problem yes is that they're trying to nuance their way into saying organic like it's this blanket it's a marketing thing it's a marketing ploy this is all back to capitalism ruining Mm -hmm. everything this is all just marketing like in the 80s or man i think it was maybe even the 70s when there was the whole sort of fad of like light foods yes and so my favorite example l-i-t-e yeah yes okay my favorite example that's the 80s of Mm -hmm. this um this issue is that Pringles makes a light version of their chips. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in order for it to be the, in order for it to have the amount of salt and fat that they wanted it to have, they changed the formulation of their regular chips to have more salt and fat. 
Ah. And so that then when they could reduce it, the light one tasted better. And the light, like the whole thing about light as far as regulated in the U.S. is it has to be some percentage less yeah. of certain certain values, like calories and like salt Fats, and some other things. Salt, Fats, sugar. Things. Yeah. Yeah. No, not sugar. Not no, sugar. not, not sugar. sugar. No, sugar is because, a temp- You can have as much sugar. Right, because that's how much of the light food movement, which really came out of the <sighs> 80s and the fear of fat. So not yeah. in every case, but in many, many cases, you would reduce fat and salt and often you would increase sugar. Aha. Right. Yep. Yeah. So where that corn syrup came And from. that's my issue with the organic problem is that um it's not it's like all of these problems. They're so nuanced. It's a red herring. Yeah. And it's the, a it's a miscategorization of the problem right. and of the terminology and of like like you can't it's annoying to me that like people in food marketing took a term from chemistry and just all of a sudden made it mean something else. Right. That's unacceptable. It is unacceptable. It's, <laughs> it's fucking unacceptable. Literally, what? It is literally the whole problem. It is the whole problem. <clears throat> Words have meaning. Yes. It's the whole fucking problem. Like, if you're going to... Oh, yeah? I was going to say, so ages ago, yes. we, you were talking about people in these uh, debates and relating them to politics. Yeah. So I looked up the meaning of political. Yes. Which is relating to the government or the public affairs of a country. And I feel like, and the reason I looked this up is because my initial thought was this is couched as political. And yet I would argue by definition, it is not. Yes. Right. Like it is a way to have a discussion that is not relating to the government or the public affairs of a country mm-hmm. and instead it's relating to like how I feel yeah. or whether I belong or whether I can you know distance myself from somebody else or make you feel dumb or by your own logic call mm-hmm. you out mm-hmm. like it's not actually about the affairs of the country it's about having an interaction that makes me feel something yes yes I think this totally that makes a lot of sense and the way that you describe that in terms of a lot of the conversations that I have with Dan. Right, exactly. Yep. Because he's got some he's got to be in his bonnet. Yeah. And what he wants to do is argue his position on it and he's arguing to me and expecting me to like counter argue him. Right. And in most cases when I analyze what he's saying, the counter argument that he has anticipated through rehearsing his argument and and saying it to me, the responses that I give him are somewhat unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And so hi- him like spending all day practicing this argument and this like, we call it dansplaining, mm-hmm. um, like practicing his dansplaining and then coming to me and dansplaining at me, I'll usually throw like some kind of a curveball at him and be like, well, I see what you're saying, but I, I actually there's this other thing that you failed to consider or right. whatever. And it like totally throws them off. And usually that stops the conversation. And the only way that it goes again is if I'm like, but I mean, I don't know. What do you think? And then he just goes back to like thinking whatever he was like rehearsing in front of the mirror to yell at me when he got over here anyway. So a lot of the time, (laughs) most of what I just do is I just let Dan have Dan's opinions because it's clear that Dan's been chewing on something for quite some time and has had no one to say it to. And so I'm like, it's okay. You can come over and be that person and I will sit on my patio and listen to you and let you vent and let you test out your one-sided arguments. Right. Like, it's kind of funny to me that Dan (laughs) 
polarizing and like, and like our other uh-huh. friend the what does it all mean yes like the, it's funny because it's like well you guys have to know up front that if you bring these types of questions to me i'm not going to let you off the hook like right. this is right. what i went to school for right but that's what everybody wants me to do is like validate their not well argued argument there you go there's your i will that's not it. validate I will your not, not well validate your weak argument your weak argument lawn sign and I then you're just not, that's truth in advertising you just like I, are telling them if you buy this house i yeah. will not validate your weak argument yep i mean that's not even polarizing that's just honest that's just uh-huh. yeah i'm just giving you a fair warning right um yeah i always thought that was funny like if you guys want someone who's going to like just swallow what you say and be like it's a good thing you told me about this without thinking about it you guys have picked the wrong house right, <laughs> right. You guys, like Dan. Dan knew me before I even went to school for philosophy. Yeah, which is hilarious. So he should definitely know better. (laughs) So you knew him before you moved in there. Yeah, I've known Dan since like twenty ten or eleven. Oh, that's fun. We've been friends for quite some time. Yeah, and like we both hate the same things and the same people, but how we arrive at that dislike is a big um, is a big difference. Like, Mm -hmm. um classically we got into a fight in and masu sushi one night <laughs> because um dan made an argument that i'm not going to rephrase exactly but the gist of which can be paraphrased as such women in their culture have been given the role of gatekeepers of sex and if they weren't so gatekeepery we wouldn't have so much rape yes. oh my god and i was like yeah. i'm sorry dan are you saying that it's my duty yep. as a woman to put out so yep. i can reduce the amount of net violence in the culture and i was like i will i reject this out of hand Yep. Yeah, like fuck you. Be. And he was like, fuck you. And and I was like, this is a stupid argument. He's like, nobody calls me stupid. And I was like, I didn't call you stupid. I called your argument stupid. And then he paid for both of our meals and he left. And I didn't <laughs> oh speak to him for like God. four months. <laughs> that's the and that's where I get I, I think that's my that's the thing I struggle to understand is the um the focus on identity in a lot of these arguments. And, uh, and yeah. I wonder if culturally we have a like we don't socially have a normalized way to um, help us validate each other's ex- existence without um, necessarily saying, but what you think is valid, like, like who you are and how you think is valid. But like, I guess what I'm saying is that in Dan's example um, or in that example with Dan, he, he was, making an argument and then when you said that argument is stupid he then thought oh internalized that means- it. he internalized it and we don't have a way to um be aggressive about the discourse we're having without there being a lot of like identity wrapped personal. up in it right yeah. but without it being personal um because i don't think we have like a social structure that lends itself um to that because one of the you know one of the argue like it's when, not social well go ahead it's not no go ahead yeah it's i was not. gonna say i would argue it's it's not a function of social structure it well i mean okay it, it we don't have a social structure that does that because we mm-hmm. have a social structure that is based on hierarchies and yeah. you know capitalist white supremacy patriarchy thank mm-hmm. you bell hooks like yep um and and really what i think is at the core of that in a hierarchy is you have like 
as you go up the hierarchy, people, you get closer and closer to kind of what is sometimes called the ideal or the most normal or really what it is, is the kind of human that's most valuable to society. Yes. But what that means conversely is as you move away, move down the hierarchy, you basically become less and less human. Right. Yeah. So you are less. And so everybody wants, like it feels shitty. Like nobody likes to be told that they are less human. Right. And so like, if the reason you feel shitty is because of your identity or it's your fault, essentially, that you feel shitty. Yep. Well, then now we have this like toxic individuality. And yep. so like then any kind of discourse is going to be if you're looking for a problem, it's because of somebody else's identity. And right. if somebody has a problem with you, it must be because of your identity. Right. Like, because, like, identity is what literally, like, makes or breaks you. Mm -hmm. It's what, you know, sort of defines how human you are or how likely it is that you're valuable to society. Yeah. Like, then, yeah. I was reading earlier. um, So, the field of philosophy has a lot of um, fucking skeletons in its closet. Um, and like, as opposed to all those other academic fields, yeah. Yeah. Just, like, as without. opposed to the rest of academia, which is just golden and shining right, and right. perfect. Um, like a bright, the, shiny ivory tower in the distance. Yes. Right. Yes, yes. Right. That's why it shines so much. Cause, <laughs> they have no... Cause it's so white. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, I was reading some about, uh, I shouldn't say I was reading some African philosophy. I did not read African philosophy. I read one philosopher's take on African philosophy who is not himself an African. And this was, uh, so it was funny because I don't really know what, I don't know what people expected in this class when we read this piece, but I was in a group with, of, of six people and it was, we were assigned to the reading and then it was our job to dissect the reading and break it down and help teach it to the other people in class. Hmm. And, um, so it was me and five other grad students and, there were a few things that jumped out at us about this particular piece of writing that was relatively recent. And I mean, within the, like the last five years, recent, like real mm-hmm. recent. Um, Thaddeus Metz is the philosopher and he was writing about the concept of Ubuntu mm-hmm. and how that fits into like a philosophical Western framework. Do you want to explain what Ubuntu is? So Ubuntu is... Um, do you know what the strict definition so, you if you have a better explanation, I'll fumble over it because I don't have something I, I, I've looked it up right now. So um, oh, okay. Yeah. So I say, we could do the thing again where I get to test myself. Right. Yeah. Do it, do it. I, I my understanding was and and correct me, please, if I'm wrong, uh, that it is related to a concept of interconnectedness. Yes. Often people like define it as family or like a sense of family with people that are not of your birth family. But right. other people talk about it as like interconnectedness or the the inherent need of community for survival. Who you are as an individual is the direct result of the input of all of the people around you you can't you can't be human without those other humans it is the opposite of in not opposite because that just polarizes things and and makes it look as though they're even with each other or, or or equal equal to each other the ubuntu is a concept of humanity that is very participatory humanity that is very different from our individualistic culture in america right 
Ned, do you want to to uh, yeah, summarize so, that down to how we got things wrong? Uh, yeah, because of um, who we are as yeah. So right, so right. both of you are dumb. Not your ideas, <laughs> but just you personally. No, just personally, um, right? Personally, uh, Ubuntu, according to um, Wikipedia, as of June tenth, twenty twenty one, the Ubuntu philosophy page says that uh, Ubuntu is a I'm going to mispronounce this a Nuguni a Nuguni Bantu language term meaning humanity. Um, it is so there's a just there's a bunch of Bantu tribes in Africa yes. too. So this is like Ubuntu is something that is not specific to a particular group of people or a particular culture. Um, it's the like huge swaths of Africa uh, recognize this as a as a concept. Um, yeah, but and not all of Africa because it's not monolithic. Right, and so also um, it's not a country. Also, it's not a country. Uh, so landmass Ubuntu. Yep. Uh, paraphrasing here is sometimes translated as I am because we are or mm -hmm. humanity towards others. Yep. Um, and then, you know, there's a longer um, discussion about it. Uh, like, you know, Nelson Mandela being a big one. Um, I think most many listeners, if they're not familiar with the philosophy would probably have at least heard of um, the Linux, uh, yes. the sort of the Linux release. Um, and we don't need to discuss too much about the tech for problem with that, but, um, or what that means. But <laughs> anyway, there's a, a desktop distribution, uh, called Ubuntu and, uh, it was, um, uh, Nelson Mandela was involved in that in many ways. And I, I forget mm. the whole thing about it, but that's interesting. Anyway, uh, yeah, it was, um, it's, it, it was kind of a big deal because it was, when it came out, the whole point of it was to um, provide a a computing platform for a population of people that didn't have access to Western wealth, right? Uh -huh, and so, right. you know, the, it was to kind of decouple um, sort of basic human, like human computing needs, right? Like as we yeah. move forward, um, mo there's more and more need for humans to have access to uh, a computer and the internet in some way in order mm -hmm. to survive. It's no longer right. a matter of like a luxury of like, do I get to look at my internet porn in the evenings or not? Right. Like it's, it's an issue of like, can I do Survival. basic societal operations, like interact with my government, interact with my peers, interact right. with my financial institutions, which again is a privilege, even just having that or access to resources. Like it's all more and more requiring that interface. So, um, I'm, I mean, I'm, human sexuality is a function of survival. We're just going to like, you know, I gotta yes, make sure yeah, 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 I absolutely. keep that in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mean to Please like, continue. make was, light of no, that. No. It's, yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, and it's anyway, it's uh, it's worth it's a cool thing to read about um, the um, anyway. The, yeah, so. I'm, so, I'm paraphrasing its whole philosophy. Like it's yeah, the Ubuntu Linux thing is a side side tangent. Anyway, yeah, keep going. yeah, but nonetheless so, interesting. Yes. So this this article that I was reading talked about some of the like pillars or tenets of of Ubuntu philosophy and how um, people within groups interact with each other. Like there's all of these conceptions of what we would label restorative justice mm -hmm. that are really interesting where like all decisions that impact a group of people are made by a group of people. They're right. not like one person at the top deciding for everybody else. It's not about individual rights. Like our concepts and the reason that we were reading this and that I, or that I was reading this is that I study bioethics. And so our concepts in America of what 
constitutes bioethical behavior are like ensuring patient autonomy, right. ensuring rights. Like what, what do individuals have a right to access? What can people demand of each other? Mm-hmm. And that's like a completely different view than organizations or groups of people who operate on uh, a sort of like Ubuntu versus an individual level where like bioethics in Africa is a completely different framework. It's not about individual rights. It's not about one person's autonomy to demand certain treatment from a doctor or care provider. It's about a different organization, a societal organizational structure entirely. And how I really appreciated how like if, if something bad happens, there's not, uh, like whisk the person off and isolate them forever until they're dead in prison and like excise them from mm-hmm. it's not like you cut out a cancer it's like right. something bad happened the next thing that we have to do is figure out how to make something good come out of something bad sure and so there's usually like a restorative process or like a collective process where it's like an all hands on deck thing about like some shit happened we've all got to fix it now right and i think that's super Super interesting because if we wait and solve for end cases where every time something bad happens, we just eliminate that person from the problem <laughs> of doing a bad thing ever again, we're not actually solving the problem. Nope. We we're not solving aren't. the problem at all. We're not making anything better. We're not fixing anything. The people who were damaged are still damaged. They're probably not going to be made whole ever because the focus is not on doing that. It's on just eliminating the cause of the problem and seeing an individual as a cause of problems is again a mistake. Right. It's a mistake in thinking. It's not the individual. And it does nothing to prevent the problem from happening again. It's right. like a solely reactionary. Right. Yep. And That's- many people who hear about these other philosophies are like, like often I think even hear them filtered through their own understanding of the world through an individualistic lens, yeah. which is like, oh, so then what you're saying is, you know, what you're talking about is communism or whatever, right. where we like take away individual rights. And right. it's like, no, no. It's, it's literally a whole different paradigm wherein both the individual and the collective are um, specifically are valued as for how they interact with each other. Right. Like there is, it's not like it's the individual versus the society. It is the individual and the society. Yes. Kind of that idea that like you only can have a society made up by individuals and who you are as an individual is a function of the society. It's a function of, right. yes, that's a perfect way to say it. You are a function of, the, the people you come from. Right. You are not, like, who you turn out to be is not entirely up to you. Right. The fact that you're even here wasn't up to you in the first place. Correct. Yeah. I, I really like that. Although we, like, this, uh, I want to read more about it. And, like, the another point that I was going to make that I kind of got sidelined from was that there's tons and tons and tons of people writing philosophy in South America, Central America, and Africa. But, like, Western philosophy, which is, like, Europe and America, just don't have fucking time for it. Nope. They don't have fucking time for it. They're disinterested. They don't care. They're like, this sounds like, uh, uh, like, it almost reminds me of, um, like, the Thaddeus Metz article to me seemed really patronizing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't appreciate that. And neither did anybody else in the group we were in. And they also, he also used the term sub-Saharan Africa, which I have so many problems with. Like, lots of people have. Anyone who's a thinking person on the subject of, subject of Africa and uh, anything having to do with it should be upset by the term sub-Saharan Africa because it's a white supremacist term. The so, Thaddeus Metz was the one who wrote the article you were talking about. Yes, okay. yep. Thaddeus Metz. He is a professor of philosophy from, God, I think he's an American. 
and like went to Africa once like 10 years ago and was like, I'm going to be an African philosopher from now on. And so our whole group was like, we're not letting this asshole off the fucking hook at all. We were like, we like some of the ideas about Ubuntu. Can we talk more about that and less about what Thaddeus Metz thinks about it? And can we read about it from people who who live it? Yeah. Well, he's a professor. He's a humanities research professor at the University of Johannesburg. Yes, but he moved there like five years ago. No, no, no. I know. I'm just saying that's where he is now. Um, yeah, he's yeah, in yeah. Africa and he claims to be at this point. He's like, I write about African philosophy. And I'm like, you are not an African and you are not an African philosopher. Mm-hmm. So shut up. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Anyway, um, the article was really or his paper was very interesting because it was revelatory in ways I don't think he intended. Probably. Like the way that you wrote about this and the way that you're talking about this tells me so much about you and yeah. how you view this this cultural phenomenon or this type of philosophy or whatever you want to call it. Like, it says, you know, his purpose was to get people to listen to him as an authority on this topic. And the, the effect that it had was like, oh, there's a lot out there and you're actually really bad about talking about it. <laughs> anyway, um, we're, out, we're about at an hour and Lauren yeah. has things that she needs to do after this. Um, do as, should we as do, do colors of the day yes let's do colors of the day um let me just contact the research team um call the research team back from lunch yes yeah. um, come on in gang all right so let me just pop that in the chat here so um well if this is your first episode um Welcome to listening to us <laughs> rant about shit and get off topic yeah. as quickly as possible. Um, yes. If it's not your first episode, you know what? Merge onto the FCVM freeway. Take the first exit. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, yeah. So if you are listening and you have strong opinions about this, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on some social media, Twitter um, for sure. I think we're at FCBM underscore IO or dot IO. Um, and uh but better is just direct email so you can email our executive assistant dana that's d-a-n-a at fcbm.io um and she'll route your questions or your comments or your thoughts um to either meg or i or you can just go to our website fcbm.io there's a contact page there that has email addresses um but yeah uh and also our social media links but again not super active on social media although interestingly because it's evil (laughs) Yeah. It's destroying people. I was reading a uh, podcast marketing thing because we heavily aggressively market this podcast, which is probably, <laughs> if you're listening to this now, you probably saw one of our ads. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we don't have any ads. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, uh, well, I just was reading something and they were saying that a lot, like 90% of podcast listeners' audience generally is active on social media in some way, um, usually on multiple platforms. So whatever that's good for, that's interesting. Um, you know how they know this because they track everything you fucking do online. Mm-hmm. Although right. that seems to be changing. At least there's a lot of social capital to change that. So hopefully, or sorry, political capital. Well, social. There's definitely social really? movement to change that. I don't know if there's political will yet, um, but I have. Hopes. Well, uh, the unfortunate thing about the about politics is that the people who are employed as politicians know nothing about anything but the practice of being a politician, and yet all of their work consists in telling other people what to do and making laws about things you're not supposed to do. Right. And so, like, what comes out of that is often 
structures and rules and institutions that don't actually directly address the issues very well. And yet we all have to do this shit. If you can at your local level, like go watch a hearing on a bill. Yeah, it is. It brought a lot of things into into focus. for Yes. Yeah. Watching watching local politics unfold is pretty interesting um as a philosophy major i have to say that i think that most politicians ask all the wrong questions yeah uh okay well there's i mean there's clearly like five more hours of conversation bubbling up here but let's do colors of the day so uh we always have a segment or usually we have a segment called colors of the day so today's colors are uh civilized lead and unmoving i think it's lead do you think it's lead or lead civilized lead lead civilized lead yeah Okay, we're going to go with civilized lead. lead. Yeah, it's fine too. No, I think lead. Uh, civilized lead and unmoving damages. Um, so <laughs> civilized lead, how would you describe that color? So uh, yet again, we're still on a, on a like red-blue streak kind yeah. of. Um, so this one, this reddish color is really, um, it's uh, it reminds me of like bricks like actual quarried bricks it's a brick brick red yep that's an excellent description yeah um okay and so the values so if you're interested to see what this color looks like you're going to just pop in this hash code this is the hexadecimal value but you can uh type it right into google and it will pull up a color picker and show you the color we're talking about so um it's hashtag charlie zero four seven one seven again that's hashtag c zero four seven one seven um if you think in terms of RGB, like red, green, blue values, um, this is uh, the red value is 192, the green value is 71, and the blue value is 23. Um, so that's civilized lead. Uh, this our, uh, this yeah. looks like it's almost like it. It's not quite red enough for like barn red, right? But like before I moved, before I painted the exterior of my porch. There was some like weird brownish red paint that was kind of a brick red around the windows and mm. it it was mm-hmm. this color. It was such a weird color. Yeah, it's um it's it's kind of striking. Um yeah. okay, and so then uh unmoving damages, the RGB mm-hmm. values are 63, 184, 232. This yep. is more um oh, and then if you want to pop this in Google, a hexadecimal value. Uh hashtag three uh three foxtrot three foxtrot bravo eight echo eight so that's hashtag three f b eight e eight um and And i would call unmoving damages a sky blue it's very sky blue yes yes like it's practically the same color we're looking at right out the window right now here yeah in minneapolis where it's very hot and very soggy so i'm very soggy yeah (laughs) I'm sitting on a vinyl chair. I'm super soggy. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay, um, we did it. Yeah, we did it. So that's the We podcast. did another one. Thank Oh, well, also, yeah, I was going to say uh thank you to our um rapidly well, still guest of the realm Lauren, although possibly <laughs> um uh pretty We're quickly We're sucking here. Lauren in deeper and deeper co- every day and pretty soon Lauren's going to have co-host. her own, her co-host and and her own podcast about human sexuality education yes yeah if if the stars align yep right we're gonna do it right we just we assert a hundred percent on everything we achieve maybe ten percent oh that's true i do like that about this realm yes yeah this is lauren 
I do. Of the upcoming sexu- human sexuality education podcast. That's right. Yeah. And while we're kind of promoting things, um, we are now hosting the um, How Art Works podcast, uh, which you can find at popafire.com. Um, and uh, Papa Fire is a, f- a good friend of mine, and he has a very interesting podcast that's maybe maybe more um, produced than our um, – Yes. It, if you like art, I think you might really appreciate it. There's some good uh, discussions on there. Um, so you can go to popafire.com or, um, uh, yeah, popafire.com. It just goes right to his, it shows all of his shit, but yes. you can find the podcast there. So, so great. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that's it. And they're like halfway around the world from us, too. Yes. They are in the down under as opposed to the up over. Right. Right, right. Yep. <laughs> I like they, that. Whenever I go visit them, they're always like everyone, every single person that I that I'm friends with over there are always like, "Hey, how's the, how's the up over? What's up going over? on in the up over?" <laughs> I love that. That's pretty great. Yeah, it's That's pretty so great. great in the up yep. over. <clears throat> All right. Okay. Well, uh, we're gonna go melt off camera. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go attend very long meetings and do work. So. It's gonna be so much fun. I'm so excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it in your face. Thanks. Great job. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye.